0: From Lamar Jackson, Devontae Parker, and Teddy Bridgewater, we'll talk about all three former cards now in the NFL on this special crossover between the Locked On Louisville and Locked On NFL podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on everyone welcome into a special crossover episode between the locked on Louisville and locked on NFL podcast I'm Dalton Pence the host of locked on Louisville with me today is my special guest Tony Wiggins host of locked on NFL and also locked on Jags Tony how's it going man
1: man I'm doing great how about you guys
0: doing good doing good hey I appreciate you for hopping on at uh almost like a minute's notice. I know it was a pretty late notice, but definitely appreciate uh, you for coming on. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about on today's episode. I want, I've want i been wanting to do this, dedicating an episode to f- some of the former cards in the pros, beginning a lot with Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about... Um, what to be or what to expect from him in the 2022 campaign we'll also talk about Devontae parker getting traded to the new england patriots and then finally we'll wrap up the show discussing teddy bridgewater going home to his hometown team the miami dolphins but we'll start out with lamar um tony i guess the first thing i want to ask you um Mm -hmm. as a person who's Um, You know, not a fan of the Ravens, not a fan of Lamar like uh, Louisville fans are, Um, you know, seeing him in in a different light. What do you what are you expecting from him in 2022? I guess the the better way to phrase it is with the way the Ravens have only one playoff win in Lamar's tenure in Baltimore. Is the gauge of success based more on what they do in the postseason or is it more so of what he looks like individually?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, because if you look at the situation with with Lamar, uh, I'm a Florida State supporter, so I I got firsthand a, a good butt whooping from him when he was in college, and I couldn't wait to see him leave. But I am a Floridian also, and and so is he. So I I, I kind of root for all the kids uh, that are from Florida, and I really like him. I, I think he I think he's great. I just think that there's a group of people that never believed in him. So every single opportunity that they get. To say, I told you, gotcha. That's what they'll try to do. The bottom line is the Ravens have had massive injuries uh, to their wide receiver core, uh, to core parts of their defense and uh, to their offensive line. uh, The last couple of seasons that sort of derailed them as a team. I I think he's made great strides as a passer. I think it leaves a little bit to be desired with the receivers that they put out uh, on the field for him. Uh, that you know, sometimes other than Mark Andrews, the the tight end, sometimes he, you know he can't win for losing. If that was Aaron Rodgers, it, case in point, we they make ex- excuses saying that we haven't given Aaron Rodgers enough receivers, right? But he only had the best receiver in the NFL on his team. Well, Lamar's had nothing close to that, and I think sometimes we judge them and base them, and 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 create comments that a little bit slanted and a little bit angled based on what our preconceived notions are of guys. Right. And
0: I, I like how you mentioned that, that there is a little bit of a double standard. And and I think that um, that kind of applies to, um, you know, the Ravens as a whole this season, when it comes to the injuries that they've had to deal with. I mean, before the first game they were on their third string running back right. and um, they already didn't necessarily have a deep wide receiving core. And now Hollywood Brown has retired. So you're kind of going back to the drawing board and yes, you do have one of the top, you know, probably two, three tight ends in the league, arguably in Mark Andrews, the offensive line, hopes to take the next step forward this season. We will see. Um, but what are you looking for Lamar to individually improve on this this upcoming season? Because, you know, you you mentioned it. He's made a little bit better strides as a passer. But more specifically, where do you look for the areas of improvement for Lamar to be able to uh, round out his game?
1: I don't want him getting hit as much. And if that means uh, sliding, sliding, um, there are a lot of quarterbacks that can run that don't take hits and that don't try to squeeze every little thing out of every play. Russell Wilson has done it for years. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mentioned him, He he's also done that. And at some point in his career, this is going back a little bit, but Steve Young was able to do it. Run and be smart about it. Don't stop running. Don't stop using your legs to uh, extend plays. But you got to at some point start to be smart about it because it's pretty soon you're going to be 26, 27, 28, and trust me I'm 53 and these bones don't feel the same when I do any activity that I'm not used to. He and in the NFL you know one year equals 3 because it's like a car accident every weekend. You know what I'm saying? A constant mm-hmm. stream of even when he gets the passes off we got to account for the times that he's hitting the pocket. And he's right. not the biggest guy. So what I would want him to do is preserve that a little bit, start uh you know running to escape and extend but then not trying to get so many extra yards, get out of bounds and frustrate the hell out of other team that they can never hit you. I think uh, if he does that, then uh, he'll preserve himself and he'll be around later in the year. And you won't have the injuries that he's had in the past.
0: And we've, we've seen over the past handful of months now, recency bias. I mean, it's, it's one hell of a phenomenon. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's real in almost every aspects of life. It's what have you done for me lately? That, that whole notion, um, you know, there's a um maybe not necessarily a mantra, but there there's like um I don't even know what you would call it. You get what I'm saying? Like the in it the AFC's very top heavy in quarterbacks. Right. Uh, most of the league's quarterbacks, it seems like the elite are now in the AFC, you know, minus Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, what have mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, we talk about Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, all are getting, you know, um, kind of put on this poster as the future of the AFC at the quarterback position, and rightfully so. All four guys have have done some incredible things. And I know that Lamar spent most of the, you know, pretty much the last half of the season pretty much banged up, missed the last five games, not necessarily getting talked about as much as the other four. Now, um, you know, if you would have said that, you know, unanimous MVP, you know, what, 21 years old, has been very solid ever since he stepped in the league and not really being talked about as one of the quarterbacks of the future. I, I, am I looking too much into that, or is it kind of fitting into that recency bias um, category that I've been talking about?
1: No, you're not looking too much into it. I call it right nowism, And and uh, the noise that is being made. I, I, Josh Allen is great. Patrick Mahomes is great. There's some people that might even argue that Josh Allen is better, and I know that's going against a lot of – of what people think because of what they hear and what they read. I was one of those people that thought folks were crazy to put Josh Allen in that category. But after that playoff game and the way he played down the stretch, I don't think that's a stretch to say that. The one that gets me though is Justin Herbert. I can understand Joe Burrow being lifted up, obviously coming within one drive of winning the Super Bowl. And I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. Justin Herbert, does he have to go and win a playoff game first before we start anointing him? The next guy, there were people that were saying that when they was talked that Aaron Rodgers would be going to Denver, there were people saying. Uh, you know, he's got he's got to worry about since when does Aaron Rodgers have to worry about Justin Herbert, you know, and it's just these things sort of take on a life of their own. And no one gives Lamar that type of respect. In fact, I got angry at a couple of guys who suggested that I think the first person I heard her say it was Bucky Brooks, that maybe Baltimore shouldn't pay him maybe baltimore shouldn't follow suit with the rest of these teams that pay all that money to the quarterback and and lock up so much money uh, on one player maybe for, for some reason, they use Lamar Jackson as the precedence that they're going to set to allow a franchise quarterback to go and build the rest of your team, which is something that no one in the history of college football or NFL football has ever decided was a good idea, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, everyone right. goes and tries to get – so he's basically like, you got one Lamar, go get another one, as if it's easy. And then when that kid came in and played pretty well for them, I'm telling you right now, it, it's, it's a little bit of – we sometimes ask for african-american quarterbacks to be treated the same and then sometimes there's one of us that actually said something that goes against that and then mm-hmm. sit and point the finger and blame other people well sometimes you have to make sure that you don't uh do and say things and you have to understand the ramifications of everything that you do and say lamar is a guy like you said 21 years old one mvp Last year, he actually took another step because they went on the road and won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And he got banged up this year. And all of a sudden, because of the right nowism that we live in today, people are actually forgetting about him. And I don't like this narrative either that he uh, shouldn't be gambling and gambling on himself. And there's some people on TV that question why he hasn't signed his deal. Well, he hasn't signed his deal because if he's smart, He'll get a better deal than the last guy. You know, it's not always the best guys get the best deals. It's the last guy who signs. Kirk Cousins has made a whole bunch of money, and Kirk Cousins ain't even the top 10 quarterback. So my thing is, sometimes you wait. Sometimes you wait. Good players get bigger contracts as we move on. Jalen Ramsey uh, saluted a guy just yesterday who got a $100 million deal and became the highest paid corner. ain't better than Jalen ramsey but Jalen was like it's his turn and that's Mm -hmm. the way it goes with quarterbacks so um baltimore should be used to people doing it because they offered joe flacco 75 million he turned it down and won a super bowl mvp and he got 125 that's just the way it is if lamar wants to gamble and and bet on himself i don't think people need to call him selfish for not taking the money but we just talked about it there's these narratives again selfish Mm -hmm. you know all of these things that keep coming up about a kid that no, that most people didn't believe in in the first place, and uh, I, I think it's a bad rap. I think he's a great kid. Everything I've ever heard from him, from high school, from the way that the people treat him in Louisville when they honored him last year, to his humble response to those, the, to that treatment, and uh, almost, I think he was in tears when he came back and, and got, yeah. uh, uh like that. That to me, he, he's a great, great young man and a great kid, and I think he gets a little bit. Uh, not really mistreated, but I do think he gets a little bit of a bad rap because people, they kind of want to see him fail so they can have their gotcha moment.
0: And, and that's a great segment into kind of the final aspect that I want to talk about in this segment with Lamar. It's funny you mentioned the 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 tribute to where they retired as number at Louisville. I was legitimately probably uh, from me to my microphone away from him. Yeah. So it's very cool. I was able to talk to him just a little bit, and uh, you could just tell he was just kind of speechless. And that's he's very soft spoken anyway, a very humble guy. Um, You know, at Louisville, you know, it's crazy to see this selfish narrative being thrown out there because that's the exact opposite that he ever was at Louisville. You know, he was always a team first guy. You know, even the Heisman Trophy, it was never about him; it was always about the team. And but speaking about the team, I I just Feel like Baltimore necessarily hasn't done a ton to really surround Lamar with the weapons as other NFL organizations have surrounded their franchise players with. Um, you know, we talk about the wide receiving committee. Who who is the best wide receiver that Lamar has played with in Baltimore? Um, is it Hollywood Brown? Is it Sammy Watkins? Is it a even a top twenty wide receiver? Obviously, right. you have Mark Andrews, and you can't you know really. You can't prepare that well for the injury bug. I mean, you can try as much as you can, but at the end of the day, if it strikes, it, it leaves everyone kind of uh, with the hands at the altar. Do you get that same notion? Do you kind of feel like uh, Baltimore
1: hasn't necessarily put Lamar in the greatest situation to succeed personnel-wise? If there's an organization that I trust, it's Baltimore when it comes to personnel because they seemingly don't miss, and they they it seems like what they have is – they have a way of doing business that has been successful for almost two decades now, You know, second mm-hmm. to maybe New England. Uh, so I, I wouldn't question them as much, but I, I would say that I think with him, sometimes you could get spoiled and feel like you don't have to do certain things because of the great ability that he has. and And sometimes that could be a little bit of a disservice too. But one thing we know about Baltimore, they're gonna take care of their front seven on defense. They're gonna get big physical corners. They're going to overdraft the tight end position and they're always going to be able to develop linemen. But they've been so good at that. They have a lot of attrition from year to year, too. And uh, they're always still competitive because they're able to plug and play guys. But they'll lose edge rushers. They'll lose defensive linemen. You know, they'll lose their nickel corner. And they'll lose a lot of those offensive linemen and they just keep replacing them with people. And sometimes when you just have a system like that, you don't Mm -hmm. think outside of the box to be able to go and get another receiver. So we'll just have to see how it goes, especially with Hollywood Brown uh, retiring. Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he ain't trying to hang out with his cousin, Antonio. But that's a whole another thing. But um, I trust Baltimore. I trust that they'll eventually get it right and do the right thing. That's good to hear. And you mentioned the New England Patriots. Speaking of the Patriots,
0: traded for Devontae Parker um, just a couple weeks ago. Um, traded a, I think it was a third-round pick in exchange for Devontae Parker and a fifth-round pick. We're going to talk about uh, what that means in this stage of the career for Parker here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Bar Look. Uh, it's pretty much past the time of the year where I've kind of given up on the resolutions that I set at the beginning of the year. Uh, but this year it's been a little different. I've, you know, promised myself that I was going to eat right and I've, you know, a couple months strong into that goal. Built Bar has played a huge Role In helping me in that goal. It is the product that tastes like a candy bar, but it's the protein bar that's covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a low calorie high in protein, you can go to build.com and scroll down to the macros chart and check out all of the nutritional aspects of it uh, laid out in a great and informational chart uh, from mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, uh, white chocolate cookies and cream. There is a wide variety of flavors. They're all delicious. And new flavors are coming out. All the time. So do yourself a favor. Go to built.com. Use the promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks again for making locked on Louisville your first listen every day. As I mentioned over the past couple of days, starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into locked on NFL drafts, a live coverage of the 2022 NFL draft. With all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders, and for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, all week leading up to the first pick. Talking about the former cards in the pros with Locked On NFL's host, Tony Wiggins. Uh, Tony, Devontae Parker getting traded in the division to the New England Patriots. Um, You talk about a team that uh, really kind of trusts their system in terms of bringing in guys in the revolving door, bringing in talent. Um, Parker really kind of never put it together in Miami, uh, the revolving doors of quarterbacks, but also the injury bug has been something that he has not really been able to escape, Um, but now has a chance to change scenery, uh, play with a quarterback like Matt Jones. Uh, Mac Jones, not Matt Jones. What am I thinking? Um, what are you kind of expecting from Parker in 2022?
1: Uh, that he'll probably uh, end up getting hurt, like he always does. For some reason, that's just how I, I, I feel. It's sort of what I feel is going to happen. But he's a, he's a good player when he when he's on, man. And when he when he when he has it going, he, he's a really good player. But I was shocked a little bit that they were able to get that compensation uh, that they got. Uh, considering that everyone knew that they were going to get rid of him. Uh, I wasn't surprised when it was New England, because New England gave up a second-round pick for Muhammad Sanu a few years ago, and he played half a season for him. Um, the one thing about the Patriots, man, if you really look at some of their free agency signings over the years and you really look at some of their drafts, they have not done well at all. Mm-hmm. And you would think that they do well, but they actually don't. The the thing is, is though, what, what saved them is when they have done well, the person might be a Hall of Famer. So you got Tom <laughs> Brady, who's the GOAT. You got Gronk, who's the GOAT. I mean, you hit on the best tight end and the best quarterback ever, and you didn't use a first-round pick. And then over the years, they've had the Ty Laws and the Asante Samuels and the Richard Seymours and the Teddy Bruskies and the Willie McGinnis. So what happens is the Devin McCordy's. It's when they get it right, it's to the moon, but most of the time they get it wrong. So I guess right. you'd rather hit a home run 15% of the time than then than get a base hit 50% of the time, but none of them are home runs. So I think this is another one where we're going to be scratching our head at the compensation. By the way, this is the second time they traded with the Dolphins for a receiver. The other time they gave the Dolphins a second-round pick, that was Wes Welker. So that's the thing that shows you when they hit it out of the park, they hit it out of the park. I don't know if this was going to go as well. I like Devontae Parker as a talent. I liked him when he was coming out. It's just that, you know, in the NFL, your best ability is your availability, and he just hasn't been available.
0: And, and Tony, I I feel like, honestly, this may be um, a a better situation for him in the sense of, um, obviously, I I think – I think the Tyreek Hill move was after the Devontae Parker move, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Right. But um, you you, you kind of knew because of his salary that they were going to try to make a move. And get
0: yeah. Out of it. Right. Um, but And I'm not saying two is a bad quarterback or anything like that. It's really not even the matter of, of the Dolphins. But I feel like when you look at the depth chart uh, for New England, uh, Jacoby Myers is seemingly wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. Up in New England and I I think he might have had one touchdown catch last year obviously this is a very run dominant offense Um, they rotate running backs uh, but with Mac Jones a second year do you get the sense that he has a chance to well maybe not necessarily revitalize his career at uh, 28 29 years old uh, sort of hitting maybe his physical prime Uh, do you look at this possibly as a possible career year for him if he's able to stay healthy obviously that is a big asterisk a big what if but the the competition it seems like the snaps are up for grabs in terms of the targets up in um foxborough
1: i think it's definitely a, uh, if he's gonna have that year you're talking about this is the place to do it because they're going to be super competitive um i believe uh, based on histrionics that they have a really good uh training staff and their strength and conditioning. Uh, it can probably help him a little bit, and because it's all football, no nonsense, not the distractions of South Beach, maybe he'll get a little more rest. And uh, Belichick has a sense of being able to use people for what they do well, and he won't put them in position and ask them to do things that they don't do well. So, um, uh, Mac Jones still has some stuff to prove. I think for me, the fact that uh, Devontae is real good with 50 50 balls where he, one, because he's just super athletic like that, but two, he's had to be good with 50-50 balls because he's so used to playing with quarterbacks that don't get in the ball on time. I think it's going to really help Mac Jones, who is uh, from here, from Jacksonville, my hometown, but he's just not a guy who's going to just throw you open. So sometimes you need a guy who can go up and make a certain play because you saw at the end of the year, New England wouldn't even throw the ball down the field. They just didn't trust their wide receivers with their rookie quarterback. So I think if there's a spot for him to be able to – um play well, this is probably it. I, I
0: do agree with that and um, I think you you really hit the nail on the head when it comes to um, you know utilizing his athleticism because even going back to college look I love Teddy Bridgewater he is one of my favorite Cardinals of all time if not my favorite Cardinal uh, right behind Lamar Jackson um, but but Teddy had, had some fallacies as, as a college quarterback that we're, we're seeing nowadays as well in in, in the fact of throwing guys open like you said that term I like that term um, you know so it was up to a lot of 50-50 balls with Devontae being six-six-three, obviously pretty successful. But Teddy Bridgewater, on the other hand, on the move to his hometown team, he goes to the Dolphins. It's an interesting situation, one that I broke down um, when it happened. But, I, Tony, I want to get your take on it. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Bilt Bar, Built Bar, or Built Bar bet online, BetOnline.net continues to be your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Final segment of this special crossover pod between the Locked On Louisville and Locked On NFL shows. Um, Tony Wiggins of Locked On NFL joining me in the virtual studio. Final segment. I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, talking about your your sunshine state, Teddy from South Beach comes home. Um, it's a one-year deal that has the potential to get up to ten million uh, three and Three, three and a half, in incentives. I don't think those were ever drawn out to what those are. But regardless, uh, seemingly going to be the backup to Tua, um, but nonetheless going to compete. Um, do you like this move for Teddy at this stage in his career?
1: I do. And um, he's one of those guys that it looked early on like he was going to live up to uh, the highest and the wildest imaginable uh career and then he had that gruesome injury and he's had some moments where he's bounced back but what teddy bridgewater mainly represents is there are some quarterbacks that once they flame out they can't find a job or that they can't uh once teams realize you're not a you know you're not the starter that they think they can win a championship with I think some guys like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are in that category. Um, Teddy is now in that category, too. I don't think he'll ever be the guy that is put in a situation where, okay, we got a quarterback and that's it. If he's ever the starter, they're always going to be looking to replace him at this point. Um, He could have that magic, the Rich Gannon type magic at the end of a career where You're just a smart dude. At some point, you're 32, 33, and you get this real unique situation. And they go with you, and you're able to take a team on a deep run into the playoffs, sort of Charlie Batches, Batch-like. But I think he's in a good spot. And that spot is, right now, the realization is he's never going to stop competing. And we don't like to see our favorite athletes go through this. But he is in a spot where he's gonna collect a check between five and seven million dollars for the next six years. And that that's a hell of a place to be. And, and that would be a really, really good career because we see guys like Brian Hoyer, 36, 37 years old, still backing people up, and making four, five, six million dollars. And sometimes we don't see certain guys get that opportunity. But I think Teddy is gonna be that guy because he's like a coach on the field. Um, he's smart, he's likable, and uh every team needs that dude with that experience that you know you can turn to if your quarterback gets a high ankle sprain or gets put into concussion protocol well that guy's won games he can get you through a four or five game stretch and he can go four and one he can do that but i don't think anyone is ever gonna really think that he can sort of like Andy Dalton right now, that he's the future Mm -hmm. and this is the way we're going to go. Kirk Cousins probably needs to be in that group too. I'm going to keep killing him every chance I get, but he's not. Kirk Cousins is still making $40 million or $35 million. But Teddy's in a real good spot. It's just that the competitive side of him now has to understand that he has to mentally prepare to be what he is now as opposed to being the future and the golden child for any franchise. And Teddy, I like that you mentioned, you know, that he, he's, you know, he, he has his
0: legs, you know, he has, um, the experience in the NFL. Um, I'm trying to think of when he, what, 2014 when he came into the league, obviously had that gruesome injury and kind of bounced, uh, from place to place had the big deal in Carolina. Um, but it's, you know, it seems that Carolina, um, decided to cut ties pretty quickly, goes to Denver here and there with drew Locke, And now he ends up in Miami, um, I really like this move from a development standpoint with Tua, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. with a young quarterback. I think that that could be a role of, you know, that that Teddy is really going to start embracing over the next couple of years and really kind of a backup role for a veteran anyway, is to be able to kind of be that, um, you know, that consistent figure when it comes to helping out young quarterbacks um I I really like this move from Miami um yes you're paying him a a decent amount but you're going to for a quality backup quarterback a guy that has started games but I really really love this move to be able to provide some guidance uh for Tua who I I think that their their skill sets are kind of similar in the fact that they utilize the intermediate routes a little bit more the underneath routes um What do you think that Tua can learn specifically
1: from Teddy? Uh, Perseverance. Teddy overcame uh, the injury, and uh, Tua had the injuries in college, and he's dealt with that a little bit as early on as a pro. But I I think that's the biggest thing, and uh, to kill the noise, uh, to overcome the odds, To focus on what's in front of you when people are constantly trying to replace you or thinking that there's a lot of Deshaun Watson talks and Aaron Rodgers talks and Tom Brady talk and uh, how to be myopic in your approach and to just put all of the distractions aside and focus on what's in front of you. And I think I I agree with you. I think he could be absolutely good for Tua. This is a big year for Tua because next year is loaded with quarterbacks and um, There might be some guys on the move again next year, and Tua has to actually prove that he's it, and if he doesn't, he'll be in the same boat as Teddy, as Mayfield, as uh, Sam Darnold, and the other guys that teams, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, he'll be in that boat again where teams are always trying to figure out a way to replace you as opposed to using you as the uh, future uh, quarterback and star of the team.
0: Last thing I want to talk about with Teddy, I guess, really to wrap up the show. Speaking f- from a strictly hypothetical sense, yeah. Um, I it, it doesn't seem, or it didn't seem, um, w- when the whole rumors were going down with um, Deshaun Watson, uh, possibly you know Miami trying to get in, involved in that situation. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem like from their actions that Miami is at least one hundred percent sold on Tua. Obviously, this is going to be a year that um, is going to be a telltale sign. The fact that you go out and get uh, Tyree Hill, you um, you know get some other you know top guys uh, in free agency as well. Is there ever going to be a point that you feel like that this is a true competition between Tua and Teddy? Well, obviously, Tua would have to struggle mightily. But where does the line get drawn? Like, how much does Tua have to struggle on the field? for Teddy to, to get the nod and they're like, you know what, go in there and try to win some ballgames.
1: Well, that's a great question. It's helped by the fact that he's home and he's going to be surrounded by people that, are, that love him. It also helps that Mike McDaniel, uh, uh, the the new coach, he wants to win, especially at an organization where there's a lawsuit right now that says that they were actually trying to pay their coach to not win games. <laughs> and Chris Greer probably wants to win and by them going out and getting Tyreek and making some other, they they also signed uh, Taron Armstead at left tackle. Right. It, that looks like a team that's trying to make that next step and go for it. And if Tua struggles, I don't think they'll hesitate one bit to put Teddy in the game, especially with the fact that he'll sort of galvanize the people in the city because they all know him, and he's like a legend in South Florida. And because Mike McDaniel's scheme, if it's anything like Kyle Shanahan's, Look, they went to the Super Bowl in a championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo and they they actually tried to replace him and they still went deep into the playoffs. So they scheme up stuff where you don't necessarily have to be Superman like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Teddy's perfect for that. So if Mm -hmm. they feel like the only hindrance to them actually advancing is the fact that two is still a little iffy. There's nothing better than turning to that guy like Teddy, especially in this unique situation, and he'll probably have a shot at it. I'm rooting for Tua because I always root for young cats, man. That's just what I do. But if he doesn't make it, Teddy's right there, and this is the perfect scenario because Miami looks like they're trying to go for it, and they've committed a lot of money and a lot of resources to that roster. They won't hesitate one bit, I think, uh, to uh, insert uh, Teddy Bridgewater into that situation to see if he can make a run. Of course,
0: of course, Tony, definitely appreciate the uh, outside input. You know, we, we see things uh, as Louisville fans and we're and we're very biased. Um, You know, all of our guys should be All-Stars, Hall of Famers, stuff like that. Absolutely. Hyperbolic. But um, do us a favor before you get out of here, plug us into your social media and where we can find you on all of the streaming
1: services. At Shop Talking Wig is my Twitter handle. Um, You can check me out wherever you get podcasts. Locked on NFL on Wednesdays with James Rapine and locked on Jaguars daily, every single day uh Monday through Friday at least, where we 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 lock it down and bring it to you. Y'all got a big horse race co- up, coming up there pretty soon, man. I gotta I'm yeah. gonna be you, you know what I got some Kentucky Derby heartbreaking stories I wish I could tell you, man. But I'll tell you this one the year the war emblem won, I was supposed to go make an OT. I knew, ex- I, knew uh, yep, I knew exactly how much I was gonna bet. I was gonna bet the five and the 12 mm-hmm. up front all all on the super and i had a client show up because i've been a barber for 30 years now i had a client show up and begged me to cut his hair he begged me i said man i gotta go to the otb place and i gotta make this i've been studying this for months i'm going to bet war emblem and then i think he was the five and or the 12 and i'm saying i'm going to 512 or whatever and he talked me out of it man he says man just cut my hair i'll pay you 100 bucks man and see you're gonna save money that race went just like I thought it was going to go. And I sat there <laughs> while I cutting this dude's hair. And he told me, I'm sorry. Oh, bro. man. He says, I'm sorry, bro. I lost $90,000 because this fool begged me to cut his hair. And he said, Man, it just wasn't meant for you. And you know what? When you, when you don't cause me all this hell in my life, dude, at that point, I was a single parent going through a divorce. And you trying to tell me that it just wasn't in the cards for me? I almost asked him to sit back down in the chair and whack all my hair (laughs) off. I'm telling you, man, it it really—I had the worst luck. So I've hit that super like three times. It 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 is the uh, Kentucky
0: Derby. It is a day of absolute celebration or absolute heartbreak because it is betting central. But hey, Tony, definitely appreciate you coming on, especially at this late hour, man. Um, You know, like I mentioned, us here at Locked On, thanks for making us your first listen every day. That's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday.